Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. Welcome to another edition of Supercoach Edge, where we bring you all the insight, analysis, and the edge for season 2021. My name's Damon, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Liam on what is a special episode where we're joined by a very, very special guest yes. who is well and truly setting the tone, you could say, for the rest of the Supercoach competition. Yes, I am very excited to hear from them uh, this week. Do you want to share with the listeners who it is? We are indeed joined by none other than the current. World number one ranked super coach in the land. <laughs> His name is Clem, and he is the coach of that team, the Beardy Man Buns, which is uh, quite hipster. It's kind of like a merge between Gordon and Grundy. Well, old Grundy, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll have to ask him as well if that's the um, the reference to his uh his team name but before we jump into uh having a good old chin wag with uh that man himself and discuss of course uh the round that was let's remind listeners where they can find us across our social channels yeah of course you'll find us on twitter at at supercoach underscore edge you'll find damon at, at damoj88 myself at, at liam evans underscore 95 on facebook and insta just search supercoach edge and uh you'll find us there Moving on to our first segment, and you will notice that, um, yes, I am up and about, and there is good reason for that, and it ties in with the first segment, which is where the loser of the week in our head-to-head gets to kick off the next segment as we introduce Liam. The good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> Come on, up and about. Yes, that's right. In the good, the bad, the ugly, we run through a quick recap of how our respective teams have performed and the players stood out for both good and bad reasons. And this week, you know what? My week was ugly. I'm going to put it that way. <laughs> I had I had a bit of a shocker, which is surprising when you say that she scored 24-30. And you're like, nah, yep. absolute shocker. Um, it did see me fall down the ranks by 519 spots to sit 
2690th uh, overall but probably most importantly almost like the worst part of it was that we had a head-to-head in mm. our in our cash league demon yes, and we did. that uh that didn't go my way unfortunately um as as you'll all be able to tell as i'm going first so let's just move on quickly <laughs> trades this round i uh have my trades uh opting to be a little bit more conservative than i have been for pretty much the rest of the season i actually don't remember the last time i didn't make a trade Really? Uh, this season, I think I've made a trade every every round, whether it was just one or or two, but I think it was every round. Uh, so I, yeah. I had a look at mine as well, and and I was thinking that as well. I actually thought that maybe there was a round where I hadn't, but yeah, I think there's there's been every round I'm the same where I've used at least one. Yeah, at least one. Um, so yeah, it was it was nice not having to worry about that. It did make me feel a little bit like less invested almost. Yeah. Um, in in looking at how that one trade option went, but uh. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a good week for me. So maybe that also affected that. Um, it did obviously mean that I did hold uh, CCJ and it did force me to take Waterman's score. It wasn't too bad. I think it was 66. Um, yeah. So not, not too shabby there uh, from a rookie. Um, but anyway, on to my scores for the round. In the good column, I uh, had Walsh and Merritt as my highest scorers with 158 and 143, followed by my captain option of Grundy with 140. Ridley, Lloyd, Short, McRae, Laird, Oliver, Gorn, Jay-Z, um, Hall all managed to crack the ton this week just super quickly. Lloyd, I'm really disappointed. I should actually put him in the ugly. He actually, uh, he, I know he scored, you know, over Lloyd. 100. Yeah, Lloyd. He scored really? over 100, but you know what? Yeah, 140. He decided to... Uh, he decided to not play on from all of his kick-ins this week. <laughs> For the first time this season, he decided to not bank those extra points and really unhappy with him. Just just on Lloyd as well, I, I, I've noticed, I don't know if you've noticed, but like I was listening to uh, a snippet of the game on radio and they were talking about how he's like a complete seagull and loves yeah, yeah. playing on from kick-outs because he just wants to rack up the stats. I love yeah. it how everyone knows it. And it's yeah, just like, it's just, like just widely accepted. Yeah, it's just collectively known. Um, anyway, that was a stat from our Fantasy Freeco. Check him out on Twitter if you're not already. Uh, in the bad column, I have Dusty, uh, Taranto, Lions, and uh, my boy Parrish. The unfortunate injury to Langers also will make its way here. Um, not for his score, which was obviously just sub 100. But just, I guess, my general sadness as a Don supporter. Hope he's uh, back out there soon. And then quickly into my ugly column, I have Matthew Nix for tagging Darcy Parrish. Leave, leave my boy alone. And um, the, uh, other, the other ugly, I guess, and it's quite unfortunate, is just that injury to Lockie Whitfield uh, for a score of just 32. Obviously looking like he'll miss at least a week uh, with a delayed concussion and, and migraine issues. Uh, anyway, let's move on. What about yourself, Damon? Yeah, just before we move on to my to my week, you uh, you mentioned there about your your boy Darcy Parrish and my boy. How you, how he was uh, how he was tagged. I seem to recall uh, someone else mentioned uh, about him potentially being tagged, but um, I'll bring it up uh, very very shortly. Um, I'm sure you will. <laughs> but uh, yeah, first let's get into my team. So uh, I yes. managed to score two thousand four hundred eighty five, which. In retrospect, was probably a tad under par, um, considering that I did lose a bit of, of ground in rankings. I mean, it wasn't helped, as you said, by the injury to Whitfield that restricted into a paltry 32 points. Uh, Langford, who is not my boy, um, is no, he's pretty much my whipping boy. He's a yeah, boy. He he's is. my he whipping really boy. He's your whipping boy. And uh, the rocket that I gave him last week in last week's episode, I thought helped him, and I think it did because he was he was on track for a, a mammoth score, mm. uh, and then of course his uh, his time was cut short in the match uh, due to that hamstring concern, and he was left stranded 
I think it was like about 91 or 92 from memory when I checked fan footy. And believe it or not, he actually scaled in points because obviously I imagine because the the bulk of his effectiveness was in when the game was on the line early on. And so they scaled in points when he wasn't even on the ground. And he went up from like 91, 92 to, to finish with 98, yes. which I find quite hilarious. But um, thank, <laughs> thank you, Langford. I, I like to think that it was probably more so him just knowing that I... I reckon he did his hamstring just trying to like prove it to you that he was like, okay. And I blame you. I just I just blame your rocket for his <laughs> for his hamstring injury. You, you reckon he injured himself because he he wanted to get out of my team, quick smart. <laughs> just so he just maybe. So, oh, that's a that's a good theory. Yeah, just so you know, he would uh, avoid the laser pointed dot that would be on his forehead <laughs> every week. In every my, week that uh, he didn't score, you know, two hundred and thirty because uh, <laughs> that was your expectations of him. No, not, not quite, but he, he, it was nice of him, though, to, to keep scaling his, uh, his points up. <laughs> he must have been doing some really good work on the bench, so uh, thanks for that, Langens. Uh, nice parting gift. But um, it, it was annoying to know that, uh, very much like yourself as well, Liam, that I could have been nudging uh, around about 2,600 mm. after, well, myself anyway, nailing my vice-captaincy score on merit with 143 and I think you did as well uh, in terms of Grundy did quite yeah. well uh, with Grundy 140, 140 so yeah. um, he turned it around late in the game and I was thinking early on when Grundy was was going Scheisenhaus and I think he was averaging like 20 points per quarter so I was like yeah I'm going to absolutely smash it in here but yeah he turned around late for you which was good Lucky. but yeah for both of us those two injuries didn't help uh, in terms of what could have been a, a really big ceiling uh, round for us um yeah, considering that I started the round quite well with Merritt as my VC. Uh, yeah, so as I mentioned before, as a result, in terms of rankings, I fell 251 spots to now sit back outside the top 4K at 4,048th overall. But uh, in terms of my trades, uh, very much like yourself, held fire and made no trades this week. Mm-hmm. And um, it was kind of strange as well, because usually every week, I feel as though I've got like the itchiest of trigger fingers yeah. to trade someone in. But... I didn't feel that this week. Um, although, having said that, <laughs> during the round, I did foreshadow yeah. um, initially that I did have an ace up my sleeve. And I mentioned this to you. And I tried to downplay it because I was I was really, really thinking of doing it. And I said, no, 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 the ace up my sleeve is having Madden as my emergency on the bench covering for CCJ. And what I was planning to do was based upon how Madden scored, so he played first, obviously. And then I thought, well, okay, he scored, I think it was 63 or something, I think it was, yeah. for Madden. And I thought to myself, well, now's the chance. Chances are this other guy that I'm thinking of bringing in is going to get more points than him. And this guy is in the same mold as a Jakey Stringer. Yes. It is Jordan Degoe. Now, I decided not to do it, and it was probably more so due to the fact that I was working on the Sunday and I didn't finish my gig until about 4.30 or thereabouts and the game had already started. Yeah. So I was like, oh, don't worry. It's in the hands of the gods. Like it was meant to be yada, yada. On the way home, I saw that he had scored. It was around about 60 at halftime. And I thought, oh, yeah, he might slow up. No. Dugowie went on and smashed it. And uh, as it turned out, I probably should have done it in the end. And yeah, it's another reminder for me to follow my gut because <laughs> I went against it and... Although yeah. it's easy to say in retrospect, isn't it? Yeah, That's very easy. Very, very easy to say in retrospect. I think I said the same thing about Stringer. Yeah. Um, I was considering him, didn't bring him in, and then he was on, I think, finished on 95, which would have been 
not too shabby. Um, but you know what? Let's be honest. If if uh, Jordan Dugowie, if you brought him in, he probably would have scored a 60 for the game. Yeah, true. And the main, the main appeal for me was, like I mentioned in the previous episode, was the fact that he was still getting CBAs mm. um, and he was switching sort of between the forward and midfield um, time because especially now Dacos being out for the regular season anyway. Um, and that was the main appeal to me, but I can still yeah. technically get him, but he's already gone up 49.1K. So I think it's it's probably the ship sailed, I think now for me. And there is someone else that I probably should target um, to really spread out my dosh. But uh, let's move on to the uh, the good, bad and ugly for the good. Uh, Steele continued his hot run of form with 149. Uh, Merritt, as I said, took away any worries about captaincy with the first up VC score of 143. And they were both joined by the likes of Walsh, my boy, with uh, 158. Absolutely killed it. Really, really great, great game by him. Grundy, 140. Short, 129. Laird, 123. Jay-Z, 120. Ridley, 120. Oliver, 118. Hall, 116. And Lloyd, who uh, you were very scathing of, uh, 114. Can't believe you didn't take that kick in. <laughs> that <Seriously>. one kick in. <laughs> Play on from uh, all of them, please. Did he, Did he like, just kick out from the square and then immediately turn around to the camera and, like, flip the bird? And we're like, that's yeah, for you, much. Liam! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, let's be honest. Let's be honest. That's uh, what it felt like. <laughs> Into the bad column. Uh, a man that uh, found himself in your bad column mm. in previous weeks, gone, now finds himself in mine because he continues to struggle in supercoach terms uh, compared to normal scoring with just 102 points. And it is, of course, due to that uh, that young gun in uh, Jackson. Lucky Jackson, yeah. Um, and it's just eating into his ruck time isn't good. I mean, he's playing a really good game, good role for Melbourne, but not so much a good role for Supercoach. So, no. Goody, can you help us out? I'm making another plea to another coach, like I did last week with Nick's. Can you please, please let Gorn have ample ruck time against the Hawks? He's going to smash them to pieces. You're going to need percentage to finish in the top four, top two even. So come on, do it for us. Anyway, yeah, let's see if uh, let's see if Goody's a avid listener of Supercoach Judge, <laughs> yeah. like Maddie Nix. Good point. <laughs> uh, in terms of the ugly outside of the injured Whitfield, Taranto is another that disappointed with sixty four. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. as did Martin with seventy four. Who I uh, I forecast in previous episodes that this is the time of the year where he turns it on, but uh, neither he or Richmond have turned it on. So uh, maybe it is actually the. Uh, the beginning of the end for Richmond and for, for Dusty. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for Richmond supporters and for those of us who have Dusty Martin. But moving on to the running tally, Liam. Do you want to do the honours or shall I? Yeah, I'm happy to do it. I still sit in first place <laughs> um, with nine wins, eight losses and a percentage of 100.64. Uh, Damon, you're in eight, and sorry, in eight spot, in second spot <laughs> with eight wins, nine losses uh, and a percentage of 99.35. Just so, just I guess for context, we're talking about less than three hundred points. Yeah, yep. about two, two four, uh, two thirty points ish. Yeah, two thirty seven. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Quick maths. Yeah, very quick maths. But you know, you know what I'm doing, Liam, and the listeners will be able to hear this. I'm cracking open. Oh. How does it happen? You're coaching the crew or printing the news? A hard-earned thirst needs a big cold. Pepsi Max, on the hard stuff <laughs> to celebrate. We are back, baby. Matter of fact, I got it now. Woo! Oh. We're back to where I was before, uh, four times before, where I've come within one game and uh, you go out again. So 
Chances yeah. are you're going to win next week, so that's fine. Pencil it in. Hopefully, yeah, the seesaw continues. If the seesaw continues, at least I'll win by the two or I'll win by one. So it's fine by me. <laughs> Don't mind me. Just enjoying a nice cold glass, Liam. Bloody hell. <laughs> Let's move on and have a, have a look at the happenings uh, in round 17 by discussing the hottest topics, the players, and everything in between in the week that was. Yes, it's that time of year when injuries inevitably strike and they began with both Whitfield with uh, delayed concussion and migraine concerns and also my, 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 my boy, I'm going to call him my boy Langford, with a hamstring Get going down son. with injuries. I'm sure... <laughs> hell, he's already done his hamstring, just, just leave the boy alone. <laughs> I'm sure you remember us uh, harping on about holding on to trades in the back half of the year and this... Is actually exactly why we were talking about it. Mm. Uh, we'll, we'll have a bit of a some insight into who, what, what, what to do, and the best trading options in the segments that follow this one. And talking of your boy, yeah, let me boy, just allude to the, your real boy, Parish. Mm. Oh, Parish, the man who I dubbed last week the colourful flower. Hey. He ended up wilting, very much like I predicted, when uh, he's finally afforded any sort of pressure, aka an opponent, because he's been allowed so much open space outside of contests where I thought, well, and as you mentioned as well, he hasn't really been tagged in the past. So as you would have heard in last week's episode, I ended up making a plea to uh, one of the, as it turns out, one of the avid listeners of our show, Matthew Nix. And uh, I did plea to him to send the tag to him because as I predicted, the colorful flower would wilt if you provide him with a little bit of pressure. So let's cast our minds back to last week's episode with this crystal ball prediction that I made. Let's have a listen, Liam. Matthew Nix, if you're listening to this, mate, and, and for sure you are, can you please tag Parrish? Uh, and I can almost guarantee, if you give him a little bit of pressure, he'll wilt. He'll wilt like, like nah, a flower, nah, like the colourful nah, flower nah. that he is. Oh. <laughs> Hey, he's colourful. I am going to... Don't you disrespect my boy. <clears throat> yes, very good, very good, Damon. Uh, I do have to say that I'm actually not too too concerned if uh, he's being tagged and he's still pumping out a 95. Mind you, on that as well, on that as well, I must mention... Yeah, it is, it is a, I don't understand how he scored 95, I'm going to be honest. He had like no touches in the last quarter. It makes no sense. Yeah, I think he had like three touches in total in the second half. Mm. He'd scored 60-odd up to half time. So it meant that what he was given over 30 points for three touches. It makes no sense. Yeah, I think he had a few tackles and whatnot, but I agree. Mm. I don't, I just, it doesn't really make a lot, a lot of sense to me, but uh, that, that's why you have him in your side. That's why you get Bont in your side. That's why you get Parrish in your side. They score like crazy for absolutely nothing. Just on that as well. So because that has worked, and we were talking about jumping into the coach's box because of our predictions. Mm. And it probably won't work this week because it is Gold Coast up against Bond. But Stewie Jew, put down your bag of lollies, throw a tag on Bond. Get Took Miller, just you know what? Take Took Miller out of it, get him back as a tagger. Get him back as a tagger for this game. (laughs) I guarantee he's he's a bloke who can run all day, as we know. So he he will be able to stick to Bond. Even at like contest, give him a little bit of pressure, give him some body on body. Mm. And just fucking do your thing. Get into him. 
Great pep talk there. I love it. Uh, there we go. Let's, let's see if that works. It probably won't, but anyway. Let's move on. Sean Darcy, what a season. What an yeah. absolute couple of weeks. He put up another mammoth score of 183 after a 193 last week. Uh, he's well and truly one to watch heading into 2022 and could even find himself considered as a reliable option for R1 or R2 mm. ahead of uh, Maxi Gorn. Mm, which is unthinkable. Like he never would have mm. thought about saying that uh, at the start of the season when, you know, there were so few options other than those two guys. So he's just gone from strength to strength as we've seen Ooh. in the past couple of weeks. So yeah, absolutely uh, mammoth rise by the uh, the big man. But uh, round 18, Liam, could see, speaking of mammoth players, not in terms of physicality, but in terms of the stature in the Supercoach yep. forward line, could see the return of one of these guys, and it's very reliable forward. They don't exist, I hear you say, but of course they do. In the form of Dunkley, who could be returning to the Dogs lineup as we approach Supercoach finals and as soon as this weekend. So with just Ooh. 7% ownership, he could prove to be a very valuable point of difference going forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's some other reliable forwards out there. Zorko, Jay-Z. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> Yeah, there's literally those three guys. Um, (laughs) Really didn't sell it there, did I? Uh, But anyway, anyway, definitely it's very exciting to see Dunkley come back. We'll have a bit more of a discussion about him a little bit later in the podcast, I think. Absolutely. But now, Liam, it is time for... (sighs) Oh my God, I'm so excited. As am I. The special guest. We're both going to collectively pick his brain and find out the uh, the secrets that lie within yeah that lie within and is now a good time Liam yes to mention we're through the looking glass here people (laughs) (laughs) well Liam it is time to uh, introduce our special guest and he is a very very special guest of the podcast because Liam he is currently ranked number one You can say in Australia, but I'm going to say the world because it sounds much, much better. Yeah. And it is... It really does. It is Clem. And he is the coach of the Beardy Man Buns. Clem, welcome, mate. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me, fellas. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm breathing the rarefied air for uh, two weeks <laughs> in my life, at least, on the, on the top of the heap. Uh, yeah, the uh, oxygen might be a bit thin up there. Yeah, I'm try- trying not to go too too close to the edge, just in case I, uh, you know, topple right off the edge. But firstly, just from the top, just want to make mention because we, Liam and I, were discussing this in the intro. But the name of your team, yes, which is the Beardy Man Buns, is that a reference to the Gaundy combo? Well, yes, uh, it actually predates that. Uh, oh, wow. As a matter of fact. Back when I was first um, learning how to uh, to do Supercoach, I had this idea of putting together a uh, uh, a crazy team with all the people with bad haircuts um, <laughs> in it. And, uh, you know, it was back in the day, there was Jake Batchelor and, oh, there was like, uh, I, yeah. I, I think I had uh, JJ with his uh, little top deck haircut and <laughs> a few others in there. So I was just seeing whether I could actually put together, you know, a team that fitted in the celery cap that had all the bad haircuts, and, yeah. and that's where the uh, name came from. And then it then it stuck. But uh, yeah, I wonder how your team would have gone this year if you were just making it up of uh, hipsters with beards and man buns. Well, I'm, I'm thinking I might have to actually, uh, I might have to change the uh, team name up next year because 
because Grundy's gone and shaved his uh, yeah. long locks. That might have been the last yeah. remaining man bun in the uh, league. So I might have to might have to put up a bit of a poll on on uh, on Big Footy and get people to vote on a uh, on a new ridiculous uh, haircut <laughs> name for me, following the latest trends. <laughs> I want your mullets. Yeah, just mullets. Yeah, mullets in there somewhere. You yeah. know, something like that. You know, the beardy. Nude nuts? No, that doesn't seem to <laughs> The nude you know, nuts. Uh, I like the nude nuts. That's uh, good. You know, maybe something with the, uh, you know, th- there seems to be a bit of a, a fashion for these, um, what I call the the porn mows, the, uh, mm. the very oh, yeah. bad mustaches. Uh, so I might have to get that in there or Nick Tats yes. or something like that. Yeah. Let's move on to the, the nitty gritty. Uh, can't waste your time because you, you are obviously number one uh, in the world. Uh, so let's just get into that. Uh, so I was going to ask how you're traveling this year, but that kind of speaks for itself. <laughs> but uh, how did you get into Supercoach and how long have you been uh, playing the game for? Uh, yeah, well, I think it was about um, eight years ago that I first got into it. Um, and actually in my um, offline world, I, I work as a, a cancer nurse, believe it or not. Um, wow. And I was working um, at Peter, Peter Mack. Uh, in Melbourne, which is a big cancer hospital. Mm-hmm. And I was doing some work in a kind of particular research area there. And all the researchers, believe it or not, uh, in the cancer hospital were all uh, super coach um, freaks. So instead wow. of doing footy tipping, they, they had this big uh, super coach competition and used to use their research skills to kind of... Uh, yeah crunch the numbers and uh <laughs> you know come up with good super coach so that's uh that's how i first um that's how i first got into it back in the back in the day and yeah and that's actually probably what led me to um big footy i was just sort of determined to get a bit of an edge and yep. started checking out a few of the forums and that led me to big footy and then i just found all the banter and memes yep. and you know all the chat that's on there and uh Probably I I got to like that more than the the super coach almost uh, yeah it's uh, it's a good good environment so nice one nice one so obviously uh, as we've mentioned a couple of times number one so far uh, at this stage of the season uh, I just how did you start the season was it a was it a slow burn did you have a hot start with the, I guess a near perfect lineup uh, well I. It, I've got to say, this is actually probably the first year that I've gone for overall. So I've been okay. a big, uh, I've nice. been a big leagues uh, player up mm-hmm. until now, and uh, yeah, and it just turned out I've 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 left Peter Mac now. I work at uh, at the Cancer Council actually these days and they're not quite so big you know the cancer council uh they're not so big on uh on super coach down there so i don't actually have a kind of go-to uh league anymore so i thought uh, i'll give um i'll give the overall a bit of a crack and yeah so then when i was doing that i was sort of I was toying with the kind of very mid-pricey sort of starting options yep. Yep. and it just turned out and I did start a lot of mid-prices this year and it just turned out that probably this was the best year out of any year that I've been playing to have picked to start mid-prices. There yeah, have been definitely. so many that have gone off um, and most years I don't do it. I just happened to, I don't know, I was just like, yeah, just playing around with a lot of mid-pricey teams. So started a bunch of mid-prices. One or two of them didn't fire, but like about half a dozen of them did. So I think that really set me up. And 
Uh, I might have been. Uh, I think I've been at least top three hundred pretty much for the whole nice. the whole year. And uh, and given that my highest finish ever before that was about four hundredth or five hundredth, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a very nice surprise. But even four hundredth and five hundredth, it's still pretty good. It's very very good still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So, what um in terms of the guys you're saying there, you, you kind of took a risk on those sort of cheaper guys or the riskier sort of players to start with. I imagine that probably included uh, Jay Z, Impy, um, those sort of guys, was it? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually start Impy, but I traded him in. Uh, I think I copped a injury with Corwell oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. very early in, and uh, brought um, Impy in uh, when he went down. But yeah. Started Zeeble, started Danaher, um, started a, you know, a few others as well. I can't remember them all, but uh, yeah, it's just been a cracking year for mid prices. So there's yeah, been more, I reckon there's been more mid prices that have actually gone off this year than probably the previous seven years. You know, if you rolled them all together, it's been uh, yeah. So yeah. hopefully that'll mean that everyone gets sucked in next year and goes mid prices and. <laughs> You know, the two or three of us uh, that uh, go guns and rookies will be uh, up there again, eh? Yeah, isn't it? It's quite funny as well because, yeah, every year you get those sort of the small pocket of people saying, oh, it's the year of the mid-pricer. And everyone else is like, no, 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 it's guns and rookies. That's how it is. It's how it's always been. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it might be a changing of the guard. Who knows? And, the, and, the, and this year it was, yeah. yeah. I, I guess it, it's probably got something to do with the fact that, you know, you had those sort of shortened games last mm-hmm. year. And yeah. so the scoring was like very out of whack last year, I guess. And it just meant that some people were a bit bizarrely underpriced. So, yeah, yeah. anyway, so that was um, – that worked well for me and – yeah, I just, I guess I've just sort of, you know, hung in there and uh, traded as best I could and saved trades where I could. But I'm, I'm down to two trades now. The, the buyers really kind of screwed me around a bit, and yeah, I just sort yeah. of took the, took the view. You know, if you're up there, you've got to like trade as hard as you can, not take yeah. any donuts, and give yourself a, give yourself a chance at the uh, big prize at least. In, in terms yeah. of where you're at now, um, what can you say were your, your sort of your best moves um, and also sort of conversely, I guess, were there any regrets that you've had along the way? Yeah, I, I suppose basically Dunkley went down and I brought in Bontempelli and um, I think Neil went down and I brought in Zorko. And McGrath went down and I was looking to bring in Parrish around that time and things like that. So that's that, you know, a few of those moves have really kind of paid off quite well, less kind of focusing probably on the exact immediate scoring history of the players in question and more kind of putting a bit of focus on what's happening in the rest of the team and, you know, is it opening up the opportunity for them to start going better? The the, the bit of a role change, I suppose. Mm. So they've probably been the, the good moves for me. I mean, I started people like uh, Walsh and Zeret and things like that, and I think they were pretty good, yeah, pretty good starters. So I got the kind of backbone, uh, more or less, more or less right. Yeah, very nice. Uh, so I guess you've been playing Supercoach uh, for a few years now. So across the journey, what have been your your key learnings? Do you have any sort of solid Supercoach rules uh, across that time? I've probably I've probably just pretty much you know alluded to one of the main ones that I have I've probably only started you know putting a bit of uh, attention to in the last 
two, three years, and it's probably coincided with my performance improving. And that is instead of getting caught up, this player's in form, that player's out of form, I've got to trade that player, I've got to trade this player, more looking at what else is happening in the player's teams that might open up the opportunity for a role change or, um, you know, improve scoring. And so like, you know, almost every week or every second week, there's going to be someone who that's happening for. So I'm short on trades now, so I can't really make the most of it. But, you know, I was avoiding uh, Tomahawk because Mm -hmm. it seemed to me that Cameron was cannibalising, you know, a bunch of those points. Now that Cameron's gone, I think probably Tomahawk's actually a really good pick. Can't can't really get him in myself, but that's the sort of thing that I'm always looking for. Or even like Jaden Short, you know, Hooley came back and it looks like he probably, you know, ate a bunch of Jaden Short's points. Yeah, definitely. So probably a bunch of people are sick of Short now and looking to trade him out, but actually Hooley's gone down for the year, so maybe holding short might be the right the right move. That that's probably my that's probably my biggest the biggest thing that's improved my super coach, I would say, over the last two, three years. Yeah, definitely. I really like really like that as advice uh, to the community as well. Uh, obviously, looking at at the, the the trends, I guess, as well across across players, and not just considering, I guess, chasing points from from last week or or base it off just one week or two weeks of, of poor scoring. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's you know that, that that's that's exactly right. And you know, um, I, I suppose another thing that's pro- probably been different this year because I've played leagues a lot before, yep. and so I have really held trades a lot before Mm. and this time this year I reckon I was one to two weeks ahead of the pack in just about every trade I did so when it came to getting rid of the Sydney rookies I got rid of them you know by the time people were having you know debates on the forums about should we be getting rid of them you know, they were already out of my team and I was, you know, you know, I was starting to profit off the next bank of rookies and I've just like, I've, I've moved pretty quick. I've made some mistakes as well, but like Marshall, I brought him in a couple of weeks ago on the back of a 60, but I needed a forward and I was just like, damn it, I'll bring him in, you know, and, you know, and two weeks ago he played, you know what 60 percent game time he's still got close to 100 yeah. then like this last week he played about 70 percent game time so i think you know chances are he's going to be a good investment but i just like i've just been jumping you know a bit a bit quicker i suppose than i ever would have before yeah now that makes sense i really like yeah that point about the the correlation of players that you know if someone gets injured then someone else can jump into their position role changes that sort of thing something that i've even learned like i've, I've been playing super coach since, since high school and it's yeah it's um you're always learning i think that's that's the key isn't it um like no one year's the exact same and um you know like yourself you've changed up your tactics going from playing just purely for leagues and now you're playing for overall and you know, just in terms of that, I guess, have you, is that like a new rule that you've adopted or is it something that, you know, you've, you've sort of carried forth over the season's gone? Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's probably, 
you know, like lots of us that play, you're right, it's a very hard game to master. Mm. And and none of these rules will actually serve you well all the time. So, yeah. you know, I, I avoided Hall uh, because I thought McDonald's about to come back. You know, so I thought McDonald was going to come back and, you know, cannibalise all of Hall's points. But, you know, McDonald came back and Hall's been still scoring perfectly well. So, you know, you just, you know, just, you know, sometimes you've got to go on gut instinct and it's a very, a very hard game to, to master. I suppose that's what sort of hooked so many of us, uh, you know, and, and keeps so many of us interested. You know, yeah. we, we seem to make improvements and then uh, slide back a bit. And, yeah. 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 It's um, just in terms of that as well. Like you, you mentioned that you're a bit worried about, about Hall and his, his spot in the team as well, being dislodged by the return of McDonald. But in terms of players that have sort of burnt you in the past, like I've, I've been big on the podcast. I've, uh, I've mentioned a few times that Rockliffe is one guy that's burnt me multiple times, yet I still keep going back to the well for. Uh, and I got burnt at least three times before I realised that, no, on the never again list, like he's not going to do it to me again. <laughs> Are there any players uh, sort of in your time playing in Supercoach that have burnt you and have now sort of seen themselves on your never again list? Or is it something that's that's always changing and it depends on, again, like they're all on the lineup if they've been traded to a different team, that sort of thing? Like... Yeah, I have to admit, I probably, I probably don't really have. So, so I've got this one mate, uh, <laughs> Simon, <laughs> who's, who's a who's a Collingwood supporter. I'm a Tiger supporter. Anyway, he, you know, my main objective, you know, every Supercoach year is to beat Simon. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and you know, I could finish like thirty, you know, thirty thousandth. But if I'm ahead of Simon, and we usually. You know, we usually have a nice bottle of something on the uh, on, on the, the outcome of the uh, yes. the year, and then we uh, you know we drink it together and uh, talk about how the year's gone, and whoever loses is is responsible for buying it. So uh, anyway, so Simon and I uh, slug it out. Now he he has got like all these never again players. Yeah. I almost feel like if someone goes onto Simon's never again list, then he he almost goes onto my watch list. People <laughs> people who have you know like who've burned you the year before often turn out, you know, the next year they turn out to be good picks, yeah. you know, and if you can get onto them, say, so yeah, I don't, I don't really subscribe to the, uh, the never again rule. Uh, they're, uh, they more go on my watch list rather than the never again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it's fair to say you're going to beat Simon this year. So uh, unless uh, he's in second spot. <laughs> no, no, no. No, he's, he's well down the pegging. I, 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 he, he hasn't mentioned his ranking to me for uh, for, for quite a few weeks. So <laughs> I wonder why. I'm, I'm presuming he's a fair way down. <laughs> Just start pouring the red. Yeah, maybe you should, should up, the, uh, up the ante there, get a little yeah, bit more yeah. out of him. Well, I've... Uh, I've, uh, he, he actually was one of the people who really taught me uh, the tricks of the trade and how to play the game. But uh, I think I've had the better of five of the last seven years or something. So he's uh, <laughs> he, he, yeah. If I if I up the ante too much, he might just stop uh, stop playing with me altogether. <laughs> <laughs> smart. Yeah, you got to play it smart. <laughs> now, it probably goes without saying that you've uh, definitely got your eye on the the finish line and another eye looking over your shoulder at uh, the competition. But uh, have you really considered, you know, as to what's on the line and what what really presents you in terms of if you're fortunate enough to, to win overall? Well, that, that, that's right. I, I'm certainly not actually contemplating winning yeah. the thing because, you know, I think, you know, you're doing well to get a, a week or two near the top, and yeah. 
you know, I can see myself, you know, I've had to hold Danaher sort of against my wishes and, and, uh, and Houston is spudding it up for me. So Mm. I, I think I'll be rapidly, uh, reeled in and there are some of the teams that I've seen that are kind of coming up the rankings are absolutely schmick. So, uh, so, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I'm actually in any danger of, uh, carrying off the big prize this year, but, uh, I've got a long list of, uh, people who I would have to, uh, buy drinks, buy multiple <laughs> drinks, buy, you know, uh, things for, you know, in a, yeah, there's a, I've got, I've got that little list worked out if I ever happen to, uh, to carry off a cash prize, but uh, I don't think I'm in too much danger of that. I'm, uh, I'm confident of uh, scoring the bottle from Simon, but uh, <laughs> that might, anything that else might is be a bonus. A, yeah, that's right. That's right. Just in terms of uh, sort of the, the back part of the year, um, and we're starting to sort of delve into it as well in terms of tactics and whatnot. Do you have any uh, tactics that you're, and you don't have to divulge anything else you don't want to, um, but in terms of like where you're placed or anything you'd recommend uh, for other people uh, to contemplate doing? You know, it is a little bit situation dependent um, mm. with these things. So I'm down to two trades just because the buyers screwed me so i am really trying to hold i'm going to try and hold whitfield this week if i possibly can if i've got any cover one, one thing that i really probably do uh subscribe to though is i would contemplate some pretty risky trades from this point of the season on that i would never contemplate earlier in the season so like mm. earlier on i'm looking for you know, people that I think are either real good up and comers who are looking fantastic, like Darcy Parish, or um, you know, looking for people with really solid track records who, who are looking good. Now, at this time of the year, I'd be happy to look at some pretty speculative pick you know, uh, a key position forward who might go massive, you know, two or three times in a row or something like that. So I wouldn't rule out any of those things. I know uh, uh, Jaden Stevenson, you know, got 33 touches and smashed it. Mm. Goey, these are people who I would never have touched yeah. earlier in the year um, or, you know, key position forwards who might go massive I reckon be on the lookout for those kind of people if you need to trade into someone because they could just make the difference between yeah a kind of middling finish and a, a big finish. There you have it, Liam. You've heard it first. Jakey Stringer. Jakey Stringer, go for him. Yeah, I'm doing yeah, it. That's exactly the, that's exactly the sort of that's exactly the sort of play. If if someone told me they were you know going to put. Uh, stringer in their starting team, I would be, yeah. you know, I'd I'd be horrified. I'd be physically restraining them from doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know, if someone wants to put Stringer in their team for three or four weeks at the end of the year and hope that he uh, goes massive, yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely not against it. I'm definitely not against it. But uh, yeah, I think it it's going to take a bit for me to get him into my side. Unfortunately, ride, ride the roller coaster. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Just to finish off, uh, just generally, do you have any advice for up and coming super coaches out there or, you know, any, whether you, whether or not you're experienced or, you know, quite uh, new to super coach, any words of wisdom that you can give to, uh, to people out there? 
Well, I think, you know, basically, you know, there is some really good advice and, um, you know, in the forums out there, such as Bigfooty on Twitter, you know, there's, you know, the Supercoach data guy and there's like, there's lots of good info out there. These podcasts, like, you know, you guys, you know, you get to learn the essential little tricks of the trade. And then it's a bit of a combination between, you know, crunching the numbers, which, you know, I do crunch the numbers a fair bit, having worked in research, but uh, but also a bit of gut instinct and just going, mm, actually, he looked fantastic. And, you know, I, I, I wanted to trade Parrish in about eight weeks before I, I got him just because of the way he was looking, but my buy structure didn't let me. So yeah, you got to, you got to trust that gut feel. If you look at someone and you think this guy's about to absolutely break out, get him in. Yep. Follow your gut. That's what I should have done. Uh, I just spoke of before with uh, Jordan to I was thinking about getting him in and I went against my gut. And as it turned out, I would have, uh, I would have reeled in Liam in our head to head in our yeah. overall points anyway, had I done it. But um, I, I mean, you know, normally you would think Dagoe is so such a flake that, you yeah. know, you, you wouldn't want him. But with only six weeks to go and, you know, I would have traded Danaher to him last week if mm. I had, probably if I had one more trade up my sleeve, I, I would have. But, yeah, uh, yeah nah, I had to let him run against me. Just before we finish up, uh, where can our listeners uh, find you on, on your socials? Oh yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm uh, I'm at understandarama on uh, on Twitter. Very nice. <laughs> or, I, or I go by Cactus, and you know I, I'm Cactus on Bigfooty as well. So mostly, I probably um, I, I probably post about Super Supercoach on Bigfooty, but yep. you know a bit on Twitter as well. And uh, as I said, I'm a I'm a cancer nurse in my my day job, so put a bit of uh, you know positive health advice on there and uh, I, I didn't mention it but I'm also a, a bit of a, uh, a haiku aficionado so Ooh, okay. I've got a little blog that I write about haiku and you know I write the occasional you know AFL haiku so that goes on Twitter yes. as well so cool. uh, so check it out yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah I love, love uh, anyone with a bit of a creative uh, bone in their body so yeah we'll check it out for sure absolutely but um, thanks so much for, for jumping on the uh, the podcast, mate. Really appreciate your time and, um, you know, giving us an insight into your ascent to glory, hopefully. Yeah. Um, um, fingers crossed that everything turns out because, you know, as you spoke about uh, things that have sort of worked in your favour and you're pretty much the man who's, uh, who's dictated <laughs> his own destiny with, uh, with your wisdom and the moves that you've made so far. So fingers crossed everything Definitely. goes well there. Well, brilliant. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And uh and and hopefully I'll uh, I'll cross swords with you uh, you fellows either on Bigfooty <laughs> or Twitter in uh, in time to come. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks, mate. Good Cheers. Luck. That was Clem, uh, the current number one in, in the, the world. world. Liam. Uh, great <laughs> bloke there, and uh, really great thankful bloke. for uh, for him giving his time to jump on the uh, the podcast and and uh, give us all some words of wisdom. Yes, definitely. Good luck to the big man and uh, check him out on Twitter and on Bigfooty. I'm sure he'll have some sage advice for your Supercoach teams and his own Supercoach team on those platforms. But let's move on now to the next segment and that is The Price is Right. The Price is Wrong, Bitch. 
Yes, in The Price is Right, we would normally uh, run through the top buy, sell, hold and wait options for this round of Supercoach. However, with most coaches down to just a handful of trades, uh, myself included, I can count the number of trades I have on uh, one hand, (laughs) uh, we figure we'd hone in on the big issues uh, facing many coaches out there, like uh, both of us, unfortunately, Mm. uh, who hold both the injured Whitfield and also Langford, my boy, and discuss the options that present you, whether you're looking to either trade or hold. Yes, and uh, as it stands, there hasn't been a solid timeline set for... uh for your secondary boy, Langford. <laughs> but it doesn't sound too promising with the uh, the Don's head of fitness quoted as saying today that uh, Langford presented hamstring tightness throughout the game and unfortunately he has sustained a hamstring strain and we'll hopefully get him back in a few weeks. So um, not too promising there, you'd think. Uh, maybe two plus week um, sort of prognosis there. Yeah, definitely. I have heard, yeah, it's looking likely to be two plus. Um, But anyway, as for Whitfield, uh, with the Giants round 19 fixtured game against my mob, the Dons, falling on the 24th of July, it it means given the 12-day concussion protocol will have obviously passed, he'll play, assuming he does get through training that week. First, let's discuss whether it's worth holding or trading in either scenario. Yes, in terms of your options, so first off, let's have a look at hold. Uh, which has obviously the upside of conserving your trades because, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, not too many trades left in the bank. And as for Whitfield specifically, if you have Laird and or someone like a Bianco in your midfield with the DPP switch, which you can do into defense at your disposal, it might be worthwhile doing the switch to cover Whitfield whilst he's out. Uh, Likewise, if you have Briggs or Madden to switch from forward to defense, it presents you with an option to cover his absence right there. Given uh, that he should return after a one-week layoff, given uh, I think there's a a 12-day concussion protocol, uh, and I had a look online and it was uh, as quoted by Honeyball, and he said via a reliable source, they actually go off, so it's 12 days from the incident as opposed to 12 days from the symptoms, yeah, mm-hmm. um, which I found quite strange. But anyway, um, so yeah, given that the fact that when they next play Essendon, I think it'll be 13 days. So he just makes the cutoff. So uh, yeah, it goes without saying the best option is given that he will be back conceivably against the Dons. He is definitely one to hold. Yeah. And on the other hand, uh, we do have Carl Langford and the same, I guess, can apply to those that own Langford. However, it does sound like his injury could see him miss two weeks and potentially even beyond. So if you do opt to keep him, you'll be banking on, I guess, bench cover to score as much as him, which will most likely be a stretch. Like for myself, I have for Waterman. Um, you'd be expecting Langford to outscore Waterman. Um, so it's a, it's a net deficit of points, I guess, um, overall. So I would be considering the next option, which is to trade. Yes, uh, and yeah, to keep it simple, like I said before with Whitfield, given that he's only going to be missing the one week, provided that he does get through that block of training uh, going into round 19, it doesn't make too much sense really to trade him. Um, yes, he's going to lose cash, I hear some of you say, but again, at this point of the season, um, it's not something you need to factor in. You, you have him for the points on field. Um, so yeah, he's only going to be missing the one week. So if you've got cover, and uh, hopefully you do in either Laird, Bianco, or someone like a Briggs, if he plays, fingers crossed, or a Madden, then I'd be switching them up and um, using them to cover him. 
Yes, and I guess on the other hand, with Langford um, at this stage of the season, it's probably worth moving him on, um, especially if you're looking at players like Madden or Waterman as your bench cover. With the two-plus weeks he'll miss, it could be the difference between league wins heading into finals or even rocketing up those rankings if you're playing for overall. So I guess uh, that moves us on. Mm. Let's, uh, let, let's consider who the top options are to trade Langford to. Yep. Usher us in, oh great one. Grand style, grand style, grand style. Megalo, megalo, megalo. Thanks for that, uh, Franco. We'll uh, catch you later, champ. Champ! Uh, <laughs> he, is, he is the old great one. Treat him mean, keep him keen. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Especially with his bank cash. Got to get him back. He's, yeah, he's really, he's really upping his price. We've got we to mm. just sort of move him on. <laughs> Can't have him taking up too much time in the podcast. Uh, anyway, moving on. He's getting a very big head, let's be honest. Yep. Uh, first up, we've got Dane Zorko, mid-forward eligible, 652.5k, averaging 112.4 and a break-even of quite high, 179. Um, if you do have the cash, Dane Zorko, despite his break-even, is a very good option. He offers strong scoring history this year, averaging obviously that 112.4, but does come in at a very high price and does have that very high break-even. The reason I'd suggest him is that he's going to be a keeper. So, I mean, if you do have the cash right now, maybe it's worth bringing him in, but you could probably hold... Um, but you're going to miss out on those those important points right now. Um, probably not one that I'm considering just because of his super high price. I think there's other options that will be better off. For sure. And uh, the next option that I think is a better one is Josh Dunkley as a mid-forward priced at 634.1K, averaging 129. A lot of people forget that because he's been on the sidelines mm. for a fair while now. And he has a break-even of 96. So, yes, uh, like I've mentioned, he's one of the best forward options of 2021 making his return this week, uh, which is much needed for those of us with the likes of Langford. So uh, four of his six games, believe it or not, he's exceeded scores of 130+. And that really does show the uh, the massive ceiling that he has that, again, a lot of people have forgotten about. And hopefully that works into uh, the favor of those of us who are looking at bringing him in. Mm. His five-round average of 132.3 does lay testament to that real hot runner form that he had prior to his injury. And uh, mm. for that alone, I think he should be everyone's number one option, um, then coupled with the fact that he is actually cheaper, only slightly by um, around about 18k or thereabouts to Dane Zorko. But, you know, he's going to give you really, really good uh, output from here on in. Question is, Liam, will the dogs ease him back, mm. whether that be in restricted game time or... Will he have a change in role? Potentially more time up forward. So, you know, it's something to factor in. Is it yeah. worth waiting a week? His break even's only 96, which is quite, you know, low by his standards given his <laughs> output. Um, I think it's worth jumping on him now if you can. Um, you could potentially wait a week and then have someone cover a Langford if you do have Langford and then wait to see how he performs. Um, if you can spare the coin though. I I rec- I'm in the camp of jumping on him right now because, like you mentioned before, it's the points on field that you're going to be missing out on potentially. Definitely. So the one concern I do have is that I think Dunkley last year injured his ankle, um, and his return took three games to actually crack the ton. Mm. Um, I off memory. Um, I think I read that somewhere. Uh, so that would probably be my main concern. That was an ankle injury, so it would have been would have been fitness issues there as well. You'd expect, uh, obviously, with the shoulder injury. Um, uh, the I guess the fitness side of it changes slightly. Um, it's a bit of a risk. Um, he would be a bit of a pod as well. Um, I don't think a heap of people would be able to get him in at that price um, at this stage of the season. 
Um, if you have the trades and are able to do so, then yeah, I'm not, I'm not, not against it. I'm, I'm considering it myself. Yeah. He's only in 7% of teams. Still in 7% of teams though. That's, yeah. I suppose there'd be a lot that just sort of ghost ship teams that put just put him in at the start. Yeah. yeah. Or teams that have just given up halfway through cause they had too many injuries or whatnot. Yeah. But I, yeah, I'd imagine that quite a few of those wouldn't be active teams. So definitely you'd, you'd think that he's, his point of difference would be even, even higher. Definitely. Uh, let's move on to the next guy. It's uh, one Jordan Dugowie, forward <laughs> eligible, 456.3K, averaging 76.1 and a break-even of 33. He is in absolutely scintillating form mm. over the past month, which has actually coincided with the rise in his CBAs and that obvious role change into the, playing a more mid-centric role, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, with a three-round average of 117.7. And a five-round average of 102.2. He It proves that his uh, season average of 76 isn't a true indication of his scoring capacity, especially in recent weeks. Uh, a big part of his scoring has been his marking ability, averaging a staggering 8.6 marks mm. over the past five weeks. Biggest concern for mine is whether he's got the tank to keep up his midfield time and obviously that increase in scoring. For that reason, the jury's out for me. I think if he was slightly cheaper, if he was like 400k, I'd be considering him. But I think now that he's up at that 456.3k, he falls into that stringer category for me. Yeah. I mean, as as we heard from from Clem earlier, um, it's it's sort of you got to risk it to, take, to get the biscuit a little bit. Um, but uh, I just think that there's other options that I'd consider. For me, like I mentioned, I was I was keen on him heading into his game on the weekend. But yeah, the fact that I, I missed that boat and he's now risen what 50k or thereabouts or close to so. Um, the one thing I'm really bullish on is his time in the midfield. Uh, without Dacos being there, that's a big driving or key factor as to why he appeals so much to me. Uh, since round 11, he's had 72%, 54%, 83%, and then 45% in round 16. They still are yet to release the findings or the percentages uh, breakdown for the weekend just gone, but you'd imagine that it would be round about the same as, as the previous week, if not a little bit more. For me, I'm still, I still like him. I would have got him in last weekend as more of a F7 type, um, yeah. I guess, gamble in a sense, because I still do see him as a bit of a gamble at that price point now, 50K more than what he was last week or thereabouts. Uh, it becomes even more of a gamble, eats into valuable money uh, that you have to spend on the uh, remaining trades that you do have. So I'm a bit 50-50, um, probably a little bit more bullish than yourself, but uh, for those people who want to take a risk uh, and he falls within that price bracket of maybe you can only afford someone like him as opposed to uh, a Josh Dunkley or a Dane Zorko, I'd say, I'd say go for it. But if you have the coin, I'd be going for someone like a Zorko or Dunkley ahead of him. Definitely. Uh, moving on to the next candidate, and it is Rowan Marshall, who uh, Clem spoke of as a ruck forward availability. Uh, he's priced at four. 38.9k averaging 85.1 with a break even of 65 and uh, his time on ground has increased from 65 to 71 since his return and managed a score of 95 against Brisbane his DPP status is you know what makes him most juicy I guess like a really really juicy pair juicy pair I can go for a juicy, juicy pair alright <laughs> haven't you ever had like having a really like a nice ripe pair yeah, I'm not a big pear fan. Oh, I love, I love, a good, love a good pear. The juice from that. I could use another analogy, but it wouldn't be PG. If you've got the likes of CCJ or Jacob Edwards in your R3 slot, it could be worth it as handy cover in terms of being able to switch him in if something does happen 
to uh, the Gondi combo. Uh, fingers crossed and knock on wood that that doesn't happen. But uh, yeah, the one sticking point, again, as we've said in the past, is his injury history, which this season is still a massive worry given that he has injured his foot a couple of times. He has had a bit of surgery, had some time off, but big guys and foot injuries aren't a good combination. So for me... No, they scare me. I'd, I'd prefer... No, I spoke before about Jordan Degoe. I'd actually prefer to go for Degoe because at least he's got the element of fitness about him and got a bit of surety in role in the midfield as opposed to a Marshall who, in terms of his role, if he was playing, like I mentioned last episode, if he was playing predominantly in the ruck, I'd be more confident in him having a high ceiling, but playing more predominantly up forward as opposed to in the ruck lowers that ceiling, yeah. which again for me is another knock against him, uh, and it's his game, I guess, in a super coach sense. Fair enough. I, I I do agree there. I'm I really like Royal Marshall. I really want him on my side, but I just don't think I can take the risk. Um, trades are low. Uh, injury history. Um, obviously this season isn't great. Um, I'll probably have to pass on him. Now moving on, it's uh, Shy Bolton forward mid four hundred twenty two point three k, averaging eighty nine point six, with a break even of a hundred and seven. He has now lost over 100k in the last three weeks, uh, but looks to have finally bottomed out at a juicy price for non-owners. Break-even of 107 isn't unachievable um, for him. Uh, you might get a little bit extra drop in price if you bring him in, uh, if you were to wait. Uh, but I, I think he can manage it. He only scored the 84 on the weekend, uh, but it was from 26 disposals. Mm. Uh, but would have been more if not for his equal team high six clangers. Mm, disappointing. Really hurt his score in there. Uh, seems to, he, he does really seem to have his spot in the midfield uh, solidified, at least in the short term, uh, with the likes of the human meatball on the sidelines, along with Lambert and Edwards. Mm. Yeah, he, st- he still factors in for me, I think, <clears throat> given that price point as well. Um, and especially given that I was eyeing him off. Thankfully, I didn't get him in. Uh, when he was 100k more expensive, but I was eyeing him off mm. when he had that stretch of games where he was scoring over 100, and everyone was was eyeing him off. Um, but I think he's only, strangely enough, had a look before. He's only still in 10% of teams, which I thought it would yeah, be. Yeah, seems super low. Yeah, and no one's really traded him out, you know, since he's had that downturn in form. So I can't quite put my finger on why he's only in 10% of teams, given you know, forward line isn't really, you know have a massive depth uh, for good players but who knows but yeah for me he still factors in yeah definitely um he's one that i'm considering uh definitely most certainly i think at that price um with his potential for output he's a really strong option in terms of um other guys i think uh, we should probably note that we've spoken of in the past and mm. i guess for both of us uh, they don't really fit into uh our plans or not really ones that we're considering, but we'll name them nonetheless. And that is Dale from the Western Bulldogs. Again, we've spoken about ad nauseum just to deal with his, his lack of real ceiling. Um, he's consistent thereabouts between 80 and 90 points, but like to go someone who's both consistent as, and has a ceiling. And I think he lacks that. Um, in terms of the other guy, it is Tom Hawkins. Now, we're not really uh, set on getting in key position players and especially forwards. Um, mm. But it is interesting to note, Liam, you uh, brought this to my attention. A nice little start. I won't take credit for this. Um, it was brought to my attention by uh, Harrison DB. We were actually uh, on, on Twitter. We were having a bit of a chat about some trading options. Uh, and he actually mentioned that Hawkins averages much less when Cameron isn't in the side as his uh, foil. Averaged uh, 97.3 across 10 games playing alongside each other. Whilst only uh, scoring that 80 
in the six games without him. Something that I guess may make you uh, reconsider Hawkins um, mm. in the next few weeks, obviously with Cameron out. Yeah, it does does make sense though, doesn't it? Like even watching the games that, you know, they're both two very different forwards and uh, one really takes the attention off the other. And in this case, takes the attention off Hawkins and he can really dominate off the back of that. So mm, it is something to consider, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. But uh, since we're both in the camp of having Langford, Liam, we'll run through yes. our thoughts on what we'll be doing. So um, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, at this stage, I think I'll be looking at... I guess a bit of a somewhat risky option. Shai Bolton, who seemed to return to some form on the weekend, will most likely make his way into my side. He's been someone that since the round before he broke his arm in that fight or whatever it was, um, I was considering him. So it's been quite a long burn uh, in me wanting to get uh, Shai Bolton in. I guess I could potentially wait a week, uh, but with injuries to Whitfield and Langford, I think I'll need to make up some points this week. Uh, the other trade, I guess, will be CCJ, who's just been sitting in my uh, in my bench for the last couple. And I'll bring in Josh Dunkley. Hopefully he's able to pick up where he left off with those mammoth scores. If he takes off again, then he'll be a bit of a pod. I have almost just enough. Well, I do have just enough cash to the dollar almost uh, for the trade. Uh, if I make the trade of CCJ and Langford to Bolton and Dunkley, I'll have $100 left. Cool. Gee whiz, almost to the cent. I know. That's 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 great budgeting right there. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're going to do. You're going to think about these things in advance, guys. <laughs> Very fortuitous. Um, in terms of my movements, I'm really unsure. Um, yeah. Well, no, no, it's you laugh, but it is actually like Clem said. It's he not actually a bad option. option. I don't mind it. Yeah, and, and I mean, he's he's at a very similar price point to to Bolton. Very much like yourself, and you, you've actually put a timestamp on it that I was saying before that I was looking at, at getting him in. And yeah, I was thinking about getting him in that week prior to him breaking his or fracturing his wrist or whatever it was when he had the fight. So yeah, it's been a long, long journey eyeing him off like a creeper in the shadows. Yeah. But um, yeah, like in terms of Bolton, he factors in. I would say he's most likely the option. Um, yeah. But then also I think about Josh Dunkley, I don't know if I can afford to wait a week. Um, I could potentially, but I can just see what's going to happen now. He's going to smash out at 120, 130. Like we say, he's, he's been averaging and he's going to go up in price and it's going to do me over. So I need to weigh up those two options. Um, Bolton, according to Supercoach Gold, is projected to actually drop another 10K, strangely enough, because I think they have him projected for about 70-odd. But um, I need to weigh up those two options. I think it'll probably be one of the two. And I'll probably hold the other trade up my sleeve just because I feel as though the two injuries that we've had this week almost foreshadow what we're going to be dealing with in incoming weeks um, as a bit of a, a bit of a danger sign from uh, the super coach gods of, of what could be uh, upon us. So uh, I may just be using the one trade and keeping the other one up my sleeve. But um, yeah, see how we go. But now, Liam, it is time for our next segment, and it is... I am the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Every week we'll be bringing you our top choices for the VC and C. We'll be discussing some of the key options and some that may even be just a little bit left of field. First up on Thursday night, 8.10pm over in Optus Stadium, we've got the one, the only Sean Darcy playing up against Geelong. Av- 
<laughs> Hodendown. <laughs> it's Hodel. Yes, also known as uh, Hodel. His average in the last four is 73.25, and that's made up of scores of 97, 74, 72, 50. Now, I hear you ask, why? 73.25, that's not a captain score. You know what is a captain score? His three-round average of 155.3, and his five-round average of 143.6. What was there? 190, 193, and 180-something? Yeah, 180. I'd take that as my, my VC score. Yeah, you are. Does, I mean, I have does, to put out a poll on Twitter and ask everyone if it's if it's a good idea. But are you sure though? Yeah, should I, I risk it on Bond? Should I should risk it on Bond? Maybe he'll score like two hundred. I suppose he has uh, surpassed that uh, that magical mark over one twenty five. So <laughs> just just passed it. Just yeah, just just just. Um, yeah, definitely factor him in uh, on that alone, especially given that he's first up as well. I can imagine yeah. that, like, just the stress and weight that'll be taken off your shoulders knowing that. Your vice captain has scored potentially. What are the chances of it happening? Like three three games in a row. So I was one seventy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. He seems to be going down. He's like one ninety odd, one eighty. Mm. The next one one seventy. All right, he'll make it mm. over one seventy. Yeah. Crystal ball. Is that a, is that an official? Crystal I reckon ball? I'll give that as crystal ball. Yeah. Oh, I'm saying well away from that. Yeah, Ooh. actually, I, can I can I retract that? <laughs> People will be locking him in off the back of that. The sales. Uh, I, I'm going to go 150. I'm going to go 150. I reckon he cracks 150. The share price of uh, of the crystal ball is going to be going down. No, okay. No, I really can't do that. that that's massive. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Let, let's take that out, please. <laughs> I've really lost it. My God. In all seriousness, though, he is facing, at this stage anyway, conceivably Stanley, if the coach who shall not be named doesn't pull a stupid Swifty. Probably takes him out as a late, late, late change. Yeah, and plays right a glare in the rock. Imagine that. Darcy's going to score 250. Is that um, your crystal ball? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm staying well, well away from this. He's only uh, in 2.5% of teams. So if he does go massive, like you've got that benefit. Pod. But if he's your VC as a as a pod, that's huge. That's insane. Let's move on to another option in Dane Zorko, who faces Richmond on Friday night at 7.50pm at the G. Uh, you'd say that Richmond will be uh, thankful they're playing at the G they don't have to play at Marvel not that it, not that it helps <laughs> do, do they know where the G is anymore? <laughs> uh, anyway there's enough barbs thrown at Richmond's way uh, it's, sorry apologies to any Richmond supporters out there but let us bask in your downfall for once you've uh, you've been at the, the, the dizzying heights for so long um, <laughs> on to Zorko's average in his last four against the Tigs it's 103.5 with scores of 117 74 141 and 82 but must note that his average against Richmond is the fourth worst average against any team. So, I mean, it's something to factor in, potentially. Uh, I'm not too sure what you can pencil it down to. There's no real risk of a tagger either, as you know, with Richmond. They're likely to go head-to-head. I'd consider him, but given those averages uh, in the past four, probably doesn't factor in for me, but... If you're lacking VC options, genuine VC options, uh, you can probably consider him. Definitely. Moving on, uh, got Lions also in that game, obviously. His average in the last four is 107.5, and that scores of 129, 121, 92, and 88. And obviously that 129 was from earlier in the year. So, I mean, that's that's a captain score. His, mm. his re- recent form in the past few weeks hasn't been sort of that top echelon of scoring that we've uh, come to expect from Lions. Uh, but 
playing on a Friday night, I guess, VC option, it's not too big a risk. Yeah, I think with, with Lyons, the appeal is, as we've said uh, in the past, he's super consistent. He's got that big ceiling. Uh, and if I was comparing him to a Zorka, I would much prefer Lyons, especially against Richmond's, you'd probably say decimated. Not yeah. completely decimated midfield, but um, Zorko, whilst he is playing in the midfield, I can probably see him spending some time up forward if need be, whereas with Lyons, he's going to stay in the midfield all game uh, and, and toil away and, and do his very best. Yeah. Um, and the one thing I love with Lyons as well, contested ball winner, loves a tackle. I guess so do, does, does Zorko as well, but I'm probably um, biased because I have Lyons in my team, but I'm much, much like his prospects over Zorko. But moving on to another guy whose prospects I absolutely love, and it is Jack McRae against the Suns playing on Saturday at 1.45 p.m. at uh, Metricon Stadium. Get this, Liam. This isn't a typo. His average in his last four against the Suns, 160.75. 160.75 with scores comprised of 146, 169, 139, 189. I have to be honest, I did the calc for this and I had to actually do it like three times just to make sure that I didn't <laughs> fuck up the maths. <laughs> Okay, so which is the, the, the 146 is his most recent score, is that correct? Yeah. So this this reminds me of one of those um, uh, men's tests. Have you ever done one yeah, of those? Yeah, it does. It looks exactly like that, actually. Where, like, it's every second number depreciates or appreciates by, like, you know, a set figure. Every second game goes down by 20. By 20. And then every other game goes up by 10-ish. Yeah, or thereabouts. So you'd say that... Going by the 20 figure, where two games ago he scored 169, take away another 20, should be 149. Is that a crystal ball? I'm doing it. Crystal ball it. Lock it in. (laughs) Imagine if he scores 149. That's going to be creepy. Yeah, that is... uh, I'll I'll pay that. I'll pay that. But I I reckon he's going to go upwards of 140, for sure. Mm, Against against the Suns, surely. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Lock it in. That's it. That's it. Lock it in, Eddie. Uh, moving on, we've got Bont against the Suns as well, obviously. His average in the last four is 106, which has made up a scores of 133, 87, 124, and, and 80 as well. Very similar, actually, when you look at that, to, mm. to McRae, I guess, in the fact that every second score is, you know, sub-100 or over-100. Mm. It's looking it's sh- likely that it's uh, going to be, be in, the, in the 80s to 90s region. Mm. Mm. Crystal ball? No. <laughs> not that not confident. With bond. Not, not, not with bond. bond. He can kick like two goals in the space of like a minute. Yeah. He could, really he could kick a goal that still has them 10 goals behind and, you know, it's, it's the same as... Uh, be scaled up. Yeah, same as someone else kicking a winning goal. Uh, moving on to one of my favourites in Jack Steele. Um, faces Port Adelaide on Saturday at 7.25pm at Marvel his local stomping ground. And his average in his last four against them is 94 with scores of 105, 114, 76 and 81. And uh, he's another one that has a much better run of form that makes him an interesting option, um, not just based upon his average in his last four. Because his three-round average so far in this season is 145 with a five-round average of 140.2. So he's Mm. absolutely scintillating form. Um, And based off that alone... As you know, I say it every week, I love him for his hardness, for his tackling, which builds that solid foundation. And you just know, if he's going to fail as your vice captaincy, or even as a captain, like I wish he was playing late in the round because I I love him for that really high floor. 
um, which he gets from those tackles. So yeah, for me, he he comes into um, into calculations for me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. He's if he was in my side, I'd be I'd be considering him as either VC or C, depending on where I was at and who else I had uh, used earlier in the round. Uh, we just skipped one player there. Just uh, took Miller against oh. the Bulldogs on Saturday. Obviously, um, in that same game as as Bond, his average in the last four is one hundred one point two five, which is scores of ninety six, one forty, eighty, and eighty nine. Uh, but his three-round average um, is where it's at, 139.7, and his five-round average of 130.6. Really suggests that he's in a really good runner form, and he's a he's a, he's a goer for that captaincy option or VC option um, playing in that early game on Saturday. Yeah, he's, his season is completely out of the box, and I'm sure he's kicking himself for being rubbed out because now he's ineligible for the Brownlow. Mm. And um, he'd be an interesting prospect, that's for sure, um, tracking him very closely, but... Yeah, I remember way back, I remember way back when we were talking about him potentially as a trading option. Yeah. And we're both like, oh, like, yeah, he's scoring well, but can he sustain it? Like, but gee whiz, yep. mm. he's gone from strength to strength. Mm. Killed it. Uh, but moving on to uh, a player that features in your own mob in yes. Zaki Merritt against Zachary. North, facing them on Sunday at 1.10 p.m. at Marvel. His average in his last four is 107.75 with scores of 117, 68, 137, and 109. And as you know, uh, I put the um, the captaincy, as it turned out to be. Yes, nice one. Armband, hat, whatever you want to call it, on Zeret, and uh, he delivered the goods and delivered me the win over yourself. He did, um, he did. So uh, one of your very own. Did that hurt? Traitor. Did that burn? Traitor. He was helping me out in defeating you. Yeah, what a gun. weird one. Weird one. Maybe I should chuck the C on Walsh, on Walsh and see what happens. See if it burns you. Well, actually, if you did it on the weekend, you would have burnt me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> As it I turned know. out. Risky, risky option there. But uh, yeah. moving on, we got the other, the other, my, my real boy, my boy, Darcy my boy. Parrish. Also playing on Sunday, obviously, since he's a uh, teammate of merit. Uh, averaging in his last four, 94.75 against North with scores of 152, 88, 58, and 81. That 94 is really dragged up by that 152, isn't it? <laughs> um, obviously, as we've mentioned a few times, we're showing some attention on the weekend. But, you know, still managed to score 95 somehow. Not quite sure how, but uh, anyway. Uh, his form against North earlier in the season does show exactly what he's capable of. Yeah. Ignore that four-game average against North. The roles have changed. Yep. I don't think North will be tagging in any way. Um, although, it'd be interesting to see how many coaches are watching the game in the weekend and took note of what Matty Nix did with uh, paying some attention to Parrish. It's it's just an interesting one for me because you've got Parrish and Merritt. So, you let you know, you tagged Parrish and Merritt got off the chain. Mm. You tag Merritt and Parrish gets off the chain. So I guess as a side, like for Essendon, um, that that's in, in a broader football sense, it's it's pretty positive. Um, so I think yep. you'll probably see, and even I guess from a super coach perspective, you'll probably see them both cop tags throughout the season, um, but sort of neither one copying it consistently. Yeah, uh, good point. Uh, moving on to another big, big gun. Yes. And it is... Brady Grundy facing my mob in Carlton on Sunday at 3.20 p.m. at ZG. He's averaged his last four against my mob. I know it very, very well. 139.25 with scores of 135, 127, 141, and 154. Yeesh. Absolutely 
smashes us. So yeah, as you can tell by his average, he loves playing Carlton. And do I know it well. So he's going to face the inexperienced TDK, otherwise known as Tom DeConning, the King, who he should absolutely ragdoll and dominate around the ground. Now, he's got a really good leap on him, TDK, but he doesn't have the size or physicality to really match it with Grundy in the ruck, and especially around the ground, not just at center bounces, um, which I think really might uh, be telling for TDK and where Grundy's really going to capitalize. And for me, you've you've got to go with him as the most dominant captain option you'll find, apart from, of course, McRae, um, if you want to put the VC on him, though. Um, you can't go too wrong in doubling it up with Grundy as the C if he does fail to, um, I guess, reach that uh, those heights of 140-odd that I'm projecting from McRae in my crystal ball. Oh, I love it. I, lo- I, love, I love a big call like that. Although with Grundy, should we crystal ball him as well? Uh, let me just have a look at his scores. Yeah, I would comfortably say he will score one. Like, oh, He'll definitely be a captain score. I'm going to say he's going to score one... Oh, I reckon I might go close to McRae. That's what I can see in my crystal ball. 140. I'm going to say 140 as well. Around about that mark. Yeah, okay. I'm not... Yeah, no, fair call, fair call. I can see that happening. I reckon maybe 135. I'll go. I'll go a bit lower. Okay. <laughs> Just to uh, even it out a little bit. Uh, and now onto the last bloke for the round, uh, Walshy, your boy, up My against boy Collingwood team. on Sunday afternoon at the MCG. He's averaging his last three against the Pies, 96, with scores of 105, 113, and 70. Walsh has hit a pretty hot run of form, let's be honest, mm. with a three-round average of 142.3 and a five-round average of 124.4. If you don't have Grundy or McRae, um, Walsh is, is a pretty decent option as your the, uh, as your captain, you need someone on a Sunday Arvo. Yeah, it would definitely be a, a point of difference. Uh, yeah, probably no not one I'd take, but mm-hmm. uh, not, not, not a bad option if you if you want to take a bit of a, a risk. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in terms of who you're going with, Liam, have you noticed Yes, yeah? so if I was one of the 2.5% of teams with Sean Darcy, um, you'd lock it in, I'd have him as my VC. Just don't think you can look past him, especially if he's uh, going to score in that 160 range. 170. What did I say? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, 170. All right, hopefully he gets... I hope he gets up to 170. Uh, no, I, I do think he'll probably score probably closer to the 150. Um, but, well, let's go. Uh, anyway, uh, for my team, obviously, without Sean Darcy, it'll be McRae as my VC. And then it'll be a bit of a toss-up between Zeret or Parrish, but most likely I'll be running with Grundy if McRae does fail to fire against the Suns. You don't want to... Um put the captaincy on Parrish I'd consider it but I think Grundy makes more sense this round but I don't know North Melbourne <laughs> against don't don't tempt me don't tempt me I'll probably will uh, do it again do it again he's getting tagged I just he's, received he's a text message I just received a text message from uh, from our man who's been listening to the um, listening to the podcast who's our man I don't even know his name <laughs> what's his name um, Noble Noble yeah what's his first name John no, that, isn't that the player? Oh, that's his, that's his son. That's his son, yeah. Trent? No, that's the old Ruckman. seems to be a Ruckman for Richmond. Oh, my God. It shows how insignificant North Melbourne are to me. Oh. I'm sorry, North. Poor North. Uh, but not Anyway, know. Damon, who are you going with? Let's move on from that. David Noble. Sorry, David. David, that's it. Cheers, Dave. I was just, just having you on, champ. I, I, I knew your name, mate. You're not going to listen to the podcast anymore. You know what? No. For that disrespect, I reckon you should not tag Parish 
just don't tag him after Damon so rudely forgot your name. <laughs> is that is that why it came up? The text message came up on my phone as unknown number because I didn't save his name on my phone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because you're like, Who, why, why? There's <laughs> some dude. Um, in terms of what I'm doing, so yeah, I think it goes without saying. McRae tops the list as potential VC options for me, yep. and likewise Grundy as my captain if he fails. Nice. Now, Damon, let's move on to the next segment, and that is... I Gots To Know! Hey, I Gots To Know. Yeah, so in I Gots To Know, we answer all your burning questions uh, from the next round of Supercoach. First up, we've got a question from Isaac Place uh, at PlaceySC, being big in the Supercoach community. Thanks for the question. The question was, Grunty to Darcy, if you have the cash. Um, now, I'm going to assume this isn't a serious question from Placey, but I thought I'd just answer it for everyone anyway. Simple answer here is definitely not. While Darcy is in a great run of form, the trade from Grunty to Darcy just does not make sense. Now, mm. for the people in the back, don't do it. All right? Don't do it. Uh, but, now, could you tempt me with the trade of Gorn to Darcy? Hmm. Well, I guess that changes everything, to be honest. Mm. I'd seriously consider that if I had upwards of more than five trades left. No spots to fill and no issues like Langford, Whitfield, etc. right now. (laughs) So, I mean, it probably rules out pretty much everybody, uh, but that could be a really season-defining moment if if you uh, were able to pull that one off. Yeah, the, the big appeal, like we mentioned earlier, is the fact that Sean Darcy is only in 2% of teams. So that's, you know, if you were to do that trade, you know, if you're in that fortunate enough position, which I don't think anyone is, um, you know, if you're contending near the top, for sure, like I'd consider it because that point of difference that you're going to be getting over the competition is massive. Yeah. Absolutely massive. And at, at worst, looking at his scores, you know, apart from the past two weeks, he's going to average, you'd think, just as much as as Gorn. So... I think you'd break even at very least, but I mean, yeah, the, the potential that you would make uh, more, you know, I guess more points going to Darcy from Gorn, there's potential there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but that is in some alternate universe where we have infinite trades. <laughs> don't we have infinite trades? Uh, well, maybe if COVID gives us another bloody lockdown because <laughs> bloody now COVID's don't, back in don't Victoria. Tempt it, don't tempt it. Uh, knock on wood. But uh, let's move on to uh, our Supercoach Edge group rankings. And the round 17 highest scorer was Ryan with his team pumped up Crips. That's very good. All the other kids with the pumped up <laughs> What a ripper. That's oh, awesome. Good. I love that. Good. Very love good. Love play on words and creative team names. It's really good. Like yours, Liam. Yes. I, I always try and go with a pun every year. This was the first year I ran with... I actually ran with the double pun. So it's She'll Be Right, which is obviously Sheil uh, with Dylan Sheil and Peter Wright. So two Dons players. What did uh, what did Ryan score with his team pumped up Crips? He scored 2,756 <laughs> and he was ranked 31st for the round overall, which is um, yeah, great achievement there. Massive, massive score. Um, but we gotta we got to reserve our applause for this man yes. right here. Our overall leader, carryover overall leader, 10 tenth rounds. round in a row, Arthur of Black on White. Woo. <laughs> Woo, yeah. So his overall leader total score is now 38,576, and he's maintaining his lead on second place, Liam. Yes. The team in second place is currently ranked 61st, and Arthur 
dropped down from the ranking of seventh uh, last round to eleventh this round, but he's still very much at the pointy end right now. I think he's I think he's just doing that to to even out the competition to give people a sense that they're still on, in with a shot. Yes, but yes, they're yes. not in with a shot. I'm making that call right now. My crystal ball prediction, Liam. He's going to finish on top. It's a big call of our super coach edge ranking. I don't think Ashley is a big call. I think that's a very it's a sensible. Yeah, it's a, it actually is. It's probably it's not a short price favorite. It's, just... <laughs> yeah, it's a short price favorite. Yeah, pretty much. At, at this stage, though, it looks as though he's going to be joining us on our end of season podcast. Yes, looking forward and to that. And we can we'll shower him with all the accolades, praise. all the praise, all the sh- virtual champagne that he can handle, all the shoeys when he's standing on the podium. Yep. Looking forward to having him on. What else will he get? He will get if he if he wins if he wins. If, when he wins, come on, Liam, <laughs> change that up. No, no, we got to, we got to keep it interesting. Still, people have to okay have to feel suspense. Uh, well, okay. Whoever ends up on top, <laughs> if it's not Arthur of Black and White at season's end, we'll get their hands on a Supercoach Championship ring from the guys at Supercoach Champion Rings. The ultimate bragging rights, like shoeys, virtual champagne showers, all that sort of stuff. And we'll have a chat with you in the final podcast of the season. So if anyone out there that's ranked better than Arthur of Black and White, hey, oh my God. I just thought... Clem? I know what you're thinking. Clem hasn't yep. joined our group. <laughs> yep. Maybe, maybe, man, maybe, maybe we should put like a bit of a handicap on it. They have to have like joined from the start of the season because I'd hate for that to happen where Arthur's like, yes. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think. Yeah. We, jo- we joke around, but like, yeah, you are definitely still in front, Arthur. If anyone else jumps in, because it's, it's super obvious at the moment, like he's got this lead on second place. And if someone all of a sudden that's ranked first overall not looking at you, Clem, but <laughs> someone, someone else jumps into the group rankings. They're not going to take your place. So we, we can't let that happen. We joke, we jest, but it's injustice. Know. Yeah. Injustice, but feel free to join Clem. <laughs> but if anyone like Clem or anyone else wants to join our super coach edge group, the group code is seven, nine, eight, two, nine, six. So, um, yeah, all the very best for the week to come. That brings us to the very end of this episode. Ugh. But first, just a reminder where fans need to be following us in order to keep up with our content. Yep, Twitter, you'll find us at, at supercoach underscore edge. And you'll find Damon at, at DamonJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. Facebook, search Supercoach Edge. Insta, search Supercoach Edge, you'll find us there. And if you do want to, you know, send us some fan mail, I don't know, some Supercoach tips... If you want to, you know, if David, if David Noble wants to uh, send his team plan for uh, Darcy Parish, just send it through to aflsupercoachedge <laughs> at gmail.com and we'll, uh, we'll get back to you there. We've, we've already given him the game plan. He doesn't need to give his to us. We've given ours to him. No, no, he needs to tell us what he wants to do. Oh, no, he needs, to, he needs to tell you. He needs to tell me so then I can sit back and be like, hmm, is he going to be taking Parish? I think he will. <laughs> and secretly he won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've really pissed him off now. He's, he's not going to listen to us now. Well, did I piss Trent off? Noble. Oh, wait, I've forgotten the other bloke's name. He's a Brisbane Lions coach. Chris Fagan. I was going to say, I pissed off him last week because I called him Gramps, remember? Oh, yeah, that was pretty mean. That was pretty mean. Poor, yeah, poor, poor Chris. Good thing he doesn't listen to the podcast, How do you as know? far as we know. Lions uh, had a shit one. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's true. It's your fault. Wow. I thought they were just off their game, but it makes so much... I'm sorry. Langford, I'm so sorry, Fakes. Langford clearly also listens because, you know, he did his hamstring to get out of your side. <laughs> smart move, Langers. Smart move. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Poor Langers. Poor Langers. Uh, anyway, um, thank you once again for tuning in uh, for another episode. And also thanks to Clem for joining yes. us. Uh, good to have a chat to someone as prestigious as himself. As we head into round 18, all the very best for your sides. And uh, hopefully you can snag a win and um, solidify your spots in your leagues. And in Clem's spot, solidify your spot at the top of the Supercoach rankings. Yes. Good luck this week, guys. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.